All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. All right, first off, let's talk about Premier Horgan. It was good to see him out and about yesterday, but a little bit of a different Premier John Horgan. Yeah, a different look. Uh, So it's been three weeks uh, since he finished the radiation treatment for cancer, and he was outside the legislature yesterday marking Lunar New Year, Year of the Tiger. Um, He's got such a good sense of humor, you know. The beard is gone. Well, yeah, okay, so you had 35 radiation treatments. The beard is gone, but uh, he says the mustache stayed. Um, It's a fighter, just like John. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, look, it's tough times, and there's a lot of challenges in front of government, and uh, if you've got a leader who once in a while can make you laugh, uh, that's good. good. He's also uh, showing off a coat that he said didn't fit him before. Uh, he's, not, he's not calling it the John Horgan diet, obviously, but he has lost 25 pounds, so um, he's looking pretty good. Uh, I gather one of his cabinet colleagues has already told him, yeah, but the challenge is keeping it off. Pretty yes. So, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. And the first media hits Friday, so we're okay. supposed to get a, a media conference. The, the Premier is chairing an online meeting of the Canadian Premiers, the Council of the Federation. Uh, he'll probably have some sort of speech, and then there'll be a press conference afterward where... Uh, we'll be getting to ask him questions for the first time since, yeah, i got to go look back at it, but it, I'm pretty sure it was November. Okay, well, that's good to know. So we look for that on Friday. It was just good to see him back, and, you know, and that's, a, I think, inspiration to a lot of people because a lot of people go through a cancer diagnosis, Vaughn, and, and life goes on. Yeah, and this is his second one, you know, so he's been through a lot. And, you know, he's obviously, uh, he's... Uh, first-hand familiar with our healthcare system. Now, British Columbia's system has got some problems, but uh, generally, when you look at the national ratings for cancer care, British Columbia usually leads the way. Yeah. So they're very proactive in that respect, and that's good. So, yes, uh, he'll he'll have first-hand uh, comments on that. And as I say, he's a sec- now a second-time cancer survivor. So uh, this guy's been through a lot. You know, the system is amazing, and I can't talk enough about that, having a family member who went through it. And they tell you this at the when you go through radiation and chemotherapy. And I remember they said this to my husband. They said, we're seeing you now, and we're going to beat this, but we're going to see you again. And, yeah. you know, we're going to, you're going to be back here. You're going to be, but you know what they said? We're going to get it then too. So this is what we do. And they're so good at it. So just shout out to the BC Cancer Agency there. Yes. I mean, you know, uh, being of a certain age and having been in our business almost 50 years, one thing I remember when I started was that it was still common for families to withhold the cause of death with cancer as if cancer was somehow shameful. Terry Fox changed that. Yeah, and it, and you know, there, it was, for an awful lot of people, more than, than now, a death sentence, right? There, there just weren't an awful yeah. lot of treatments and an awful lot of things, even if they caught it early. So, you know, the, it still is an ordeal, and not everybody makes it through, but it is a change around it. And the one thing I do think is that, People who have cancer, people who've survived cancer, people who fought cancer for a time do help a lot by talking about it because yes. I think the stigma is now largely gone. But still, as I said, I mean, you used to read um, obituaries uh, 
and uh, there'd be no mention of the cause of death. And if you tried to get the family to tell you, even if it was a famous person, they're pretty reluctant to say it was cancer. I know. It seems like such a bizarre thing, because you're right. It's much more open today. That is a good thing. Good to see the Premier back at work then. Now let's talk some politics here, too, because this this freedom of information story, Vaughn, I just I can't believe it. Well, this is proof that I would say the New Democrats have a sense of humor because they've convened the Legislature Committee on Freedom of Information and Protection of Privacy. And the committee is asking for public feedback on ways that the Freedom of Information law in B.C. could be improved. Now, let's go back to, to what happened last year. They set this committee up last June, the New Democrats did, but they didn't let it meet. It only met for like two minutes to pick a chair, in New Democrat, of course. And then the committee never met again all year. But the government, the committee was supposed to go out and ask the public how the legislation could be improved last year. Uh, instead of letting the committee meet, the government came in with its own ideas on how the legislation could be improved, and they passed it. They rammed it through the House using their majority, didn't even allow debate on some of the passages, and it rewrote the legislation to suit the NDP, make it harder to get access to information, brought in a, an application fee, $10, ignored all the criticisms, and never called the committee to even get public feedback. So, okay, that was last year. It does take a certain amount of gall, Simi, to do what the New Democrats just did, which is they've now convened the committee, and they're asking for public feedback <laughs> on how the legislation can be improved. Uh, hey, what? if you'd like to go and talk to the committee, uh, you can apply to do that on the committee website. But what is the point now? <laughs> I don't well, understand. My, my, my favorite detail on all this is that the committee had its first organization and planning meeting a couple of weeks ago, and it went in, a ca- in camera. So we're holding a meeting on freedom of information and nice. held in secrecy. There's no transcript. We assume that what that meeting did was it passed a motion to seek public input, and the invitation is now out there. And the first there is there are going to be public meetings at some point. So you know if people want to tell the New Democrats what they think of all this or even shout at them about it. There are going to be committee meetings where you can do this, but Simi, like, what chances are the government's going to listen to know. one word that anybody says? I mean, I sort of imagine it convening with the government members sitting around playing cards, you know, and uh, listening right? to their iPads, right? They're, they're not going to be, go ahead and say whatever the hell you want. It's done, and we've done it the way we want it done. Oh, that's crazy. Um, oh, and a quick note before you go, Vaughn, Roger and I were talking about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees this morning, and of course, we have to ask you about this. Doesn't surprise you that this is the what the first time Dolly Parton's ever been nominated? No, and I see what Carly Simon's on the list. Yeah, um, first time for her your, too. Eurythmics, or as I call them, Annie Lennox and what's his name, uh, <laughs> are on the Harsh. list. Look, uh, you know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In utter fairness to them, they've done wonders on some areas, uh, flagging underappreciated artists, bringing people to the fore, recognizing songwriters and and people who deserve cre- a lot of credit, backup musicians. They've really fallen down with women artists. I think it's less than ten yeah. percent of the inductees 
are female, and that includes, obviously, it should include, um, they would count heart as two women, right? Uh, they would count, they count talking heads as one woman, because the bass player is very talented, Tina Weymouth, is a woman, right? So, really, solo female artists, people, again, Pat Benatar, I see, has made the list this year. Um, they got a lot of catching up to do on that front. It looks like they're finally starting to recognize that, and I sincerely think... Uh, Dolly Parton's one of the great cultural figures yes. of, of the last 40 or 50 years. Uh, somebody who went out and made it on her own um, when nobody thought that a woman could do it at that level. So she's incredible for a number of reasons. I think so, too. And Lana Ritchie, come on, how could Lana Ritchie not be in there? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, again, they've they've done a much better job recognizing African-American artists than they have African-American women, so that's another area where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame really needs to catch up. Oh, they sure do. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye. Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun talking about everything from politics to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.